0: This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Someone explained to me what the point of having thousands of soldiers, fencing, barbed wire, all these security precautions in D.C., turning it into a, an armed camp around the Capitol. What's the purpose of all that if we're going to shut down Congress? The United States Congress will say, sorry. We're too we're too frightened right now. We're too under threat because of something that someone saw on the Internet. Law enforcement sensitive. That's what they're saying. Can't tell you what it is. Well, I know what law enforcement sensitive means. It's whatever somebody who happens to work for a law enforcement agency decides to call it. There's really no specific classifying authority or anything else. And it can be very often open source stuff that just happens to catch the attention of individuals who may be looking for, oh, I don't know, a way to please their bosses who are saying, we got to find some threat reporting here because we've been told by the people who write the checks that that's what needs to happen. Now, I'm not saying there isn't a threat. I'm not saying there aren't QAnon crazies who have posted stuff on the Internet about how they're going to storm the Capitol again. Uh, But you're going to shut down Congress for this? Do we really think that this... QAnon threat is going to result in a battalion-sized engagement against thousands of National Guard around the Capitol? I mean, is that what we're supposed to believe? I just want to know. Why are they shutting this down? Why would they bend the knee to online lunatics in this way, unless it's really not about security and safety and all that at all? And this is something that I see here. I used to work in threat reporting and in the national security side of things i was at the cia's counterterrorism center i was at the nypd's intelligence division so i can tell you that if you want to find at any given day you want the ability to say oh there's a there's a threat remember during the early days of homeland security oh today we're we're in an orange day we're in a we're in a a yellow day of threat Maybe it's chartreuse. Maybe it's more like burgundy. Oh, I don't know. Does it go with my shoes? Remember all that? The color-coded threat days? And at that point, there were civil libertarians. There were people who were left of center who were willing to say, this is government overreach. This is madness. You can't have this. But now the Democrat Party, the left, the ACLU, all of it, all of it, on board for authoritarianism, on board for stamping out dissent, destroying the Republican Party, silencing opposing voices in our politics. It's necessary, you see, to defend our republic from the threat of QAnon. I've never even met somebody who believed in QAnon. Republicans have a 97, I believe, percent negative view of it, thinking that it's nonsense. And yet here we are being told, and by the to get ninety-seven percent of people aren't sure that you know stubbing their toe is a bad thing, right? So ninety-seven percent is actually pretty high. And we're shutting down the Capitol. Why are we doing this? Why are we shutting down Congress right now? How has this decision been made? You know, I just spoke to Congressman Devin Nunes yesterday. He's on the House Intelligence Committee. Is there is there any threat reporting that has him worried? No. Why is it that only Democrat members of Congress are speaking to the press about this? Because it's about the optics. It's about making sure that they can continue with this narrative that DC, that the Capitol, the the sacred sanctum of our democracy, right? The United States Capitol building is under a constant threat from QAnon. And by QAnon, they really just mean Trump supporters. That's the that's the jump that all the CNN watchers, all the MSNBC viewers immediately make. New York Times readers, when 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 someone writes or says QAnon, what they hear is, oh, Trump people. And then they feel very justified with the continuation of the purge of conservative ideas of conservatives from social media platforms, kicking them out of their jobs, having corporations, uh openly spit in their faces with these ridiculous statements of wokeness, right? That's what's actually going on. But they think it's entirely justified. They have to perpetuate this exaggerated, this hysterical narrative about how the Capitol is under threat and at any moment it could just spill over and we might lose our democracy unless we have thousands of soldiers, unless we have a preparation for what looks like a foreign invasion in our nation's capital. It's so absurd. The people I know who are in D.C. and who are watching this play out just say it's it's obvious that this is for theatrical purposes, that this is so that they can have, you know, AP AP photographers and, you know, Reuters journalists and CNN correspondents standing in front of the fenced in Capitol building. any moment now, those Trump supporters, those Trump supporters are going to come after us. This is really a similar mentality to your neighbor who thinks that if you don't wear three masks when you're driving alone in your car, you don't take the virus seriously. This is a state of hysteria. I think we also have to remember that because of the panic porn purveyors, because of the way that we've all been made to feel so afraid of coronavirus and have accepted authoritarianism in America almost You know, without question in many cities, I mean, it's the cities that have been the worst for this, and they've just gone along with whatever absurd Fauciism has been inflicted upon us. But you you see this, it continues to play out, and you realize that the American people are emotionally, a lot of them, emotionally unwell right now. Uh, There is a mass psychosis that has descended on this country, along with a viral pandemic, And people are exploiting it. This is a time of near universal anxiety and often exaggerated fear. And there are cynical, ruthless, selfish, power mad people in the Democrat Party who want to use this to their advantage. They are trying to run the Obama administration playbook all over again, but this time, instead of a financial crisis, it's a viral crisis, right? It, it's a an epidemiological challenge that we face, and that's the excuse for doing whatever they want to do. Remember, you either got on board with Obama's stimulus or you didn't care about workers. You didn't care about people. Almost a trillion dollars spent didn't save the banks. That had already been done. But the Obama administration knew that a crisis was a terrible thing to waste, especially if you're an authoritarian who believes that your decision-making, that your right to govern is sacred, although it doesn't come from God, it comes from somewhere else, the state itself, because the state is in place of God for Democrats, as you know. Oh, I know not all, but the ones who run things, yes, it actually is. Nancy Pelosi is not an action. Nancy Pelosi is not a spiritual person, I can assure you that. And here we are being told that the Capitol has to be treated like it is under siege when really what you what you're recognizing here is that freedom is under siege in America right now. That the optics that they're creating are meant to infringe upon your rights, The, the optics they're creating gives the excuse for further crackdowns, for treating political and policy disputes as though they're existential crises for the United States of America. This is how the Democrats come into office. They promised normalcy. Are you feeling any normalcy yet? Does this seem like things are going in the right direction? Do you think that they're actually doing the things that they promised during the election? I mean, so far, Biden as visibly declining Democrat figurehead who just shuffles around mumbling and signing whatever the activists and special interests put in front of him is working out exactly as predicted by people like me. This is what you get. They promise technocracy, they promise sound government that'll make things better for all people, and they come in and they focus on an open border, transgender athletes, climate change catastrophism, and controlling and micromanaging every aspect of your life. This is what they do with the power they've been given? Oh, and now they're passing a COVID relief bill that they've stalled for months and months, you know, thousands and thousands of businesses have gone under forever people's lives work ruined gone families impoverished because Nancy Pelosi wanted things to work out in her favor politically didn't care about this she wanted leverage so they've delayed this here we are in March and we're still wondering when will there be a coronavirus relief bill because this one is just a Democrat wish list bill that happens to throw in some COVID-19 relief So that they can make a claim that we all know is ridiculous, that the focus of this is about helping the American people from covid when the real focus of this is Democrats spending money on whatever the heck they want. But they don't want you to pay attention to that. You're not supposed to see that. You know, you're supposed to see the barbed wire, the fences, the National Guard soldiers deployed around our nation's capital as a warning to anybody who would stand against them and say, are you with the insurrectionists? Be quiet. Take what you're given. We're in charge now. That's the normalcy that Biden is bringing to you.
0: You're listening to the Fuck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Well, look, I think the actions of the new Democratic administration are unifying the Republican Party. We've had some internal uh, back and forth that has been widely uh, covered. But nothing has unified the Republican Party in both the House and the Senate faster than reacting to this new left-wing administration. So we're looking forward. We're not going to look backward. We're looking forward, dealing with the problems America has today, not the problems it had yesterday. And as I said, I have sensed in our conference, and I think in the House Republican conference as well, a new sense of unity pulling together to oppose this left wing administration.
1: Nothing unites Republicans like the clownishness, fecklessness and authoritarianism of the Democrat Party. These people are not better at governing. Democrats, Joe Biden, they're not smarter. They're not bringing us together it's like the country's being run by the people writing the comments section on msnbc and it's working out exactly as we thought gas prices going up employment unemployment going up people feeling shakier about the economy and about the future and what does the activist left want dr seuss books getting banned that's their focus that's what they decide oh i know you'd say but Buck. They made the decision themselves. Yeah, because they realized that they were going to get got by the left. They were coming after them. So it's preemptive canceling. What could be better than that? That's the whole point. Censors only have to censor so much before they want you to start doing it yourself. That's what social media is all about. That's the reason that they keep banning people like me from pointing out how stupid these lockdowns are. Because if, if I get kicked off of social media, if I get suspended or demonetized or any number of things which keeps happening to me, a lot of other people realize, well, I don't want to deal with that. I'll just go. I'll just tow the party line. I'll just say what I'm told. I'll do what I'm told. So they're making their decisions. This is the chilling effect on speech. We talk about having a society that upholds free speech. No, that speech is being chilled like it's all in an igloo somewhere on top of a glacier. It's freezing. But. This is where we are. This is the country that we're uh, we're dealing with right now, because unfortunately, the corporate media coupled with a pandemic was enough to convince people that somehow Joe Biden was a better steward of the economy or would be and would make better foreign policy decisions than his predecessor. And now we're all starting to see what that reality is. The good news is that the Democrats Created a perception of something of someone with Joe Biden that that simply does not exist, does not exist. Uh, Joe Biden is is visibly in decline. We can all see it. The guy's too old for the job. I said it all along. I stand behind that. And the fact that he hasn't held the press conference in over 40 days. I thought this was going to be a transparent administration. I thought that they were going to have journalists that would ask hard questions. I mean, that's laughable. We all know that's laughable. But here we are. And what exactly have they done that makes the lives of the American people better? Having a a crisis at the border? That's that's supposed to make us feel better. That's supposed to help us. I don't understand how anybody can view what's happened since Joe Biden has come into power and and, and think that somehow this is good for the country. Even uh, Mitch McConnell himself is saying, look, the, the crisis at the border is of their creation. Play 14.
2: The Secretary Mayorkas, the head of the Homeland Security, says there's no crisis at the border. <laughs> well, that's absolutely incorrect. And the crisis was created by the administration sending a message to desperate people who want to come here that just hang on, you'll get in sooner or later. And of course, the Mexican government Then we'll become less cooperative. One thing the previous administration did an excellent job of by any objective standard was border security. And all of that is being undone very quickly in this new administration. They own this crisis at the border. They created it and they could stop it if they chose to.
1: You know, there are illegal immigrants who are showing up at the border. I'm serious. This was just reported today wearing Biden let us in T-shirts. They know exactly what's going on. This isn't hard to figure out. And this is like being told that you, you can just show up with a with a winning lottery ticket now. You got the Biden administration in. Why go through years of immigration law hassle and doing all these things and get your visa, get your green card, get... No, 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 no. Just show up. Show up with a Biden let us in t-shirt. And the Democrats will recognize that this is a political advantage for them to have more and more people coming to the country who will owe their status in the U.S. to the Democrat Party and will also need more assistance on average from the state, from the government than other immigrants than other Americans will. So, of course, we understand who they're going to vote for in the aggregate, not all of them, but 75 to 90 percent of them. And that's why Democrats are all in favor of this. That's all this is. Do you think it really matters if Biden is a buffoon, if Biden doesn't govern well, if they can just create new Democrat voters at will by kicking the border wide open? You think that we're really going to win this? Look at the trends right now. You have social media shutting down conservatives. You have the biggest, the biggest media companies and platforms in the world, just the biggest companies really now in the world are woke. They are anti-conservative. And this is all happening at a time when the Democrats have full control, unified control, really, of the government. I know the Senate is technically split, but it's a de facto majority for the Democrats. And instead of trying to bring us together, instead of showing people that the Democrats will do a good job, I mean, I would be happy to show up here one day and say, wow, guys, this Democrat plan is really working out. I mean, look at how much it's helping the American people. Look at how this is really getting things going. Maybe we should, you know, take a page from their playbook and the next time around, We'll try. I'd be happy to do that someday on something. Not a single thing could I say that, about. not one. Not one decision that Biden has made since coming into office that was opposed by Republicans. Right. So, yes, getting people vaccinated, of course, is a good idea. This was already happening. I mean, there are things that are going on with the government that are good. I'm not crazy. But not a single change with this administration from the previous administration on policy has been intelligent, has been good. There's nothing. What are they doing? So instead, they want to silence and shut you down. Then if they have to, they'll just make new voters.
0: This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Follow Buck on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.
3: I hope everybody's realized by now these masks make a difference. We are on the cusp of being able to fundamentally change the nature of this disease because of the way in which we're able to get vaccines in people's arms. We've been able to move that all the way up to the end of May to have enough for every American to get every adult American to get a shot. And the last thing, the last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking that, in the meantime, everything's fine, take off your mask, forget it. It still matters. I carry a card to me. I don't have it. I put it on my desk. As of last- as of yesterday, we have lost 511,874 Americans. We're going to lose thousands more. This will not occur. We'll not have everybody vaccinated until sometime in the summer. We have the vaccine to do it. You're getting a shot in someone's arm, you getting a second shot. You're going to take time. And it's critical, 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 critical that they follow the science. Wash your hands. Hot water. Do it frequently. Wear a mask and stay socially distanced. And uh, I know you all know that. I wish the heck some of our elected officials knew it. So thank you very much.
1: Yeah, follow the science. Yeah, the science. You know, the, the actual science in terms of the data. I don't like this term, the science, as though that is an argument. ender. they use this. They use the term. And Biden does this all the time, has all along the science to mean Listen to what I'm dictating to you as a policy matter or else. There's a difference between data and decision making, but they try to cloud this. They try to create a, a confusion between those two things. Right? I, I can look at data and say, hmm, there's a lot of other factors now that I have to consider before I make a decision about what to do as a result of it. Right? And this comes into play now when you have people that are already bringing up the possibility of Masking up and social this I mean, social distancing isn't a policy. It just means human beings staying away from other human beings, which doesn't work in practice in America. People are around other people all the time. We, we have no way of actually separating people from people for over a year. It doesn't work. As the numbers all across America show and for people that are saying, well, what about this country? What about that country? Every country is different in terms of its age profile, obesity, comorbidities, previous exposure of the general population to coronaviruses that may be similar to this one. Every country is different. Our country, you see the numbers yourself. Do you think that the mitigation measures all worked? They're saying, oh, if we will, Joe Biden, oh, we will say 50,000 lives, 50,000, not 48, 50,000 lives if we mask up. How, how do they come to that number? Oh, they do some modeling. They've got some people who are sitting at computers and throw some numbers in there. Uh, you know, the same way that they tell you what the temperature is going to be, the global average temperature will be in 50 years, which they will be wrong, guaranteed. And then they'll say, oh, but now we figured out why we're wrong. So the next 50 years will be critical. Same thing you're seeing over and over again. I I, I see all this happening right now. And I got to tell you, it's uh, it's stunning to me, honestly, how long it's taken for people to realize what what a a clown show it has been with the people in charge here, making all these decisions, uh, these public health experts, public health officials. Most people that work in a municipal public health uh, function are slightly more impressive than your average DMV employee. That's the truth. Slightly. I actually went to the DMV in New York recently. I got to say, lady was working with me. Very polite. Went pretty well. But these people have been making decisions that are having enormous impact on lives and they're doing it, they say, because they're saving lives. Where is the evidence of that? Biden saying it's Neanderthal thinking to change some of our uh, change some of our restrictions in different states do you think he'll apologize for that when as I've said, we're going to come back to this in the middle of April we're going to see did Texas's cases continue to just go in a straight line decline down? because if mitigation measures in place at government mandate different than what you want to do yourself if you want to wear two masks, you want to wear 10 masks, you want to stay home for the next six months, go for it. This was always a question not about what somebody should be able to do as an individual to protect themselves. That's that's up to you. That is an individual right. No, this was always about what all of us are made to do because of the excess anxiety and authoritarian tendency that's out there right now. This is about being forced to do things in the name of the defense of the collective health that have real world consequences for people destruction of businesses i mean how many of you would be willing to take pretty extreme risks to prevent your business or your job from going away your bank account from going to zero perhaps racking up 10 15 20,000 dollars of credit card debt during this period that you won't be able to get out of i mean the financial ruination of lives is a real consequence it's it's, it's not just a little thing it's not about people just want to get a haircut remember that That's what that's the snide, dismissive garbage that the morons at CNN and other places were pushing out there to the public when we were saying, hold on, do these lockdowns really work? Is this really sensible? Why are we doing this? Why have we never done this before? Never in the history. You have to remember this because the gaslighting is constant on this stuff. Never before in the history of modern medicine. OK, never before since we've even known about antibiotics have we done mass quarantine, which is what this is. This is mass quarantine or quasi quarantine, mass masking, all this stuff. never happened before. We've been through terrible flu seasons that killed tens of thousands of people. We've had, you know, this and no, 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 this never happened before. But it's so obvious, don't you see? That's what they tell you now. Clearly, this is. Not only is it obvious we should do it for covid, but now they're starting to say you're just beginning to hear it. People popping up on TV. Maybe we should do this every winter. Maybe just sort of, you know, scale everything down, stay at home, mask up. I just I wish to God that there there had been a country that had decided that that was in a position to say we're just not going to do any of this and we're going to track everything. I wish there was a state where this would have been the case, too. Now, I know some of you are going to say Florida. Um, Or you're going to say Sweden, but there have been some restrictions, some some shutdowns in place in those in in either Sweden, in the case of the country or, you know, Florida, you go to Miami, you got to wear masks when you go into restaurants. There's a different feeling about it. And people aren't acting like you're a a mass murderer. If you walk in, you're breathing air like a a person does. Uh, But it hasn't been entirely without these. I just wish we had a a true control group because I think what you'd see is, by the way, I'm not. I'm not delusional. I don't think that the absence of mitigation measures would have been some kind of a panacea by any stretch. That's crazy. But I think it would have been basically what you've seen in places that did do extreme lockdowns. That's that's what the, if you look at the data honestly in this country and try to get a real and accurate comparison, what you find is what Ron DeSantis is saying now openly, which is that lockdowns don't work. They'll never admit that. Do you think they'll ever tell you, yeah, we had this, unbelievable power grab we were telling you you couldn't go to church we were telling you to mask up or double mask cuomo was actually going on tv remember this governor cuomo new york saying if you don't mask you could kill somebody that's what he was saying you're like a murderer if you don't do what they say this was a mass hysteria and now we actually look at it and you find out hold on was any of this worthwhile did we need to do this should individuals have just been left to make their own decisions and focus protection, which would have meant making sure that nursing homes received, you know, a, a vast majority of the resources and and testing and, and everything else to try to prevent what has happened? What happened was this virus burned through nursing homes across the country. That's what actually happened. They, they act like they got ahead of this, the measures, the public health. We're, no, the virus ripped through nursing homes all across the country. 50%, roughly 50% of deaths in America from COVID 19 in nursing homes. Does anyone think that that's the result of really excellent prevention? No. We, we, this virus just spread all across the country, tens of millions, perhaps now hundreds of millions of infections in total. And they act like we stopped it or we, we listening to them was some kind of a game changer. Ah, uh, really? Yeah, this is this is the, this is the world of, of fantasy, unfortunately, that they live in. And it's why now they're, they're fighting so much against a reopen that's a little bit earlier, because the places that reopen a little bit earlier, just like we saw last spring, will be the same as the places that are wear a mask, stay home, wash your hands, be the same. That doesn't mean there won't be cases and deaths There will. But what's the point of doing this stuff and suffering all the consequences of the lockdown? if there's actually no real aggregate benefit.
0: You're in the Freedom Hut. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get the latest from Buck at bucksexton.com.
4: Two things, Brian. First, it it obviously is not the type of thing that a president should be saying. But second, he kind of said it on the worst day he could have, because the same day he said that uh, in Texas, the Biden administration was releasing. illegal illegal immigrants into our communities who had COVID. The Biden administration was spreading COVID in South Texas yesterday because of their lack of constraint of of testing and and, uh, quarantining. Uh, people who'd come across the border illegally. The Biden administration uh, was exposing Texans to COVID. That is Neanderthal type approach uh, to dealing with the COVID situation. But more importantly, Brian, is this, uh, and that is with regard to masks, uh, the the change in Texas really wasn't all that much different from where we were before for a couple of reasons. Uh, First, we are still uh, strongly advocating uh, that every Texan follow the best practice. Where we are today is completely different from where we were this time last year when Texans and Americans didn't know how to deal with this for an entire year. Texans have learned the best practice and that is to wear a mask. And we still strongly recommend that people do
1: wear a mask. Uh, I sense a little bit of a uh, little bit of backpedaling here from Governor Abbott, which is uh, disconcerting to say the least. But this is what you've seen all along. You're a politician. You finally say that you're going to you're going to cease bending the knee to the madness and the, the crazy town just comes after you from all over the place. You're murdering people, all this stuff. This is what they say. This is what they do. And I, I've got to tell you, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm angry uh, because we're going to go back into this, this period now where you have people that are, are demanding, they're going to keep demanding that you do these things until they feel safe. This is the society we live in now. You know, it's, it's like we're all we're all being turned into the kids that get sent to recess by mom and dad with, you know, a helmet and knee pads and uh, making sure that, you know, you only have a hypoallergenic pillow with you at all times. I mean, this is what they're doing to this country, because what are the real what are the real benefits of, of what they've done so far? I mean, I'm talking about mandates, government action. Individuals. So many people, you know, you know what they should do is, is go back to the studies where they were finding that people, most of the people, I think it was last summer in July, they found that 70 percent of new infections were people who claimed to be masking up as required all the time. They're still getting sick. How, how effective can we really think this is when you had you had mass mass compliance? Remember, last April, when the virus was at very high levels, you've had very few people really uh, in, in March and April who were wearing masks as a, a portion of the general population. And then we went through a period where it was all across the country, much more common, much higher compliance. And we still went into a winter with skyrocketing cases and hospitalizations and deaths. And I mean, I, I, they will. I know they will. They'll always argue that, well, it would have been so much worse if you hadn't had these policies in place. But they're just they're never going to admit it. I'm not going to I'm not going to relent. I'm not going to stop. Um, But I think what what people are seeing now, and I believe the market's beginning to react to this, the stock market, which is a weather vane of sorts of the economy. uh, I think the stock market's reacting to the fact that the Biden people, all they have to do is get out of the way and stop being idiots. And they really believe they're smarter. They really believe the conventional wisdom from the New York Times editorial page and, and CNN pundits pretending to be journalists they think that that's actually a reflection of reality i, I meant to get to this before <clears throat> john brennan ex-CIA director who's clearly a loon uh, he said that he was embarrassed to be a white male recently we talked about that he, he's another one of these guys who is just perpetuating this myth and, and it is a myth that now all of a sudden we have the adults in charge play 16.
4: When I was President Obama's Homeland Security Advisor, I'd be talking to the director of FBI, be talking to the Secretary of Homeland Security, Capitol Police, the Sergeant at Arms in both houses to make sure that all of the the preparations were in place. I don't believe that the White House did any of that in advance of January 6th. Now we have adults in the White House, and I think they're going to take this seriously.
1: We have adults in the White House. This This is the story. This is the the branding exercise that we're going to continue to go through. Um, what have they done so far that makes you think that that's true? They've handled the border crisis so well, that cancellation of the Keystone XL pipeline. Did you ever hear Joe Biden say he was going to do that when he was running? I don't remember that. Day one, right away, got to get those those sanctimonious environmentalists with big checkbooks, you got to get them you know, in, in Malibu and Santa Monica, Got to get them and and, and the Bay Area of San Francisco sending money to Democrats. So do something that makes them feel like they're saving the planet, you know, while they order around the servants, tell them to, uh, you know, trim the hedges faster. That's that's who really runs the Democrat Party, the people that have that kind of mentality. That's who's actually in charge, the Pelosi's, if you will, of America. Um, But they continue to perpetuate the lie that this is this is now the administration run by adults. Who exactly? Who do you trust? Who do you think is a really sound thinker that Joe Biden has put into a, a place of authority? I mean, you have Merrick Garland as, as the uh, uh, attorney general. When he's asked questions that are tough, he just goes, well, I haven't really thought about that. You know, this is <laughs> this is the the great legal mind or that's a that's really just a complicated question. Right. Uh, this is this is going to be quite a fight over the next two years because Trump psychologically damaged the Democrats so much that whatever common ground would have been easy to find with them in the past on certain issues, on some issues, has has largely receded or, or perhaps evaporated. It's just gone. Uh, this is a party that is really the Democrats. They put a, they, they put Biden forward so that they can get AOC ideas done. That's really the game here. And I think people are waking up to it. I think people are starting to understand that that's what's happening.
0: This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It's time for our friend Kurt Schlichter to weigh in on all of this. He is a senior columnist at Town Hall. He's also a veteran of the United States military and an attorney. Mr. Schlichter, good to have you back.
5: Hey, here. Hey, had a lot of fun at CPAC. I'm not telling.
1: Yeah, now CPAC was CPAC was good times. I think they should do it in Florida every year, personally. Tell me this, man. I do, too. What do you think about Congress shutting down because of unspecified Internet chatter about QAnon? While they have thousands of troops deployed, by the way, and fencing up and everything else.
5: The the only people talking about QAnon are uh, liberal media people. I mean, seriously we just spent uh, we just spent uh, like four days surrounded by conservatives often at close quarters drinking did you hear anybody refer to Q in anything but like a joke I mean like even one part was there one person there going no man Q is a real thing that exists it, it, it's so freaking stupid it's this weird fantasy uh, boogeyman that they've invented and it's hysterical and now they look I'm for anything that keeps Congress from doing anything. Look, I mean, that's like, and, and, if, and if mythical uh, uh, capital letters or what it takes to keep Congress from uh, performing mischief. Fine, that's cool. Uh, what isn't cool is turning Capitol Hill into a fortress and screwing with our soldiers. Did you know several soldiers apparently had to go get medical treatment because the food that they were getting was so substandard? And, of course, five miles away is the Pentagon. You'd you'd think somebody there would do something about it, but then again, they're probably you know, planning intersectional operations.
1: How is it possible? I mean, this, I know, this is something that I, I saw the headlines of this as well. We got, we got members of the United States military deployed at our I mean, yes. in our nation's capital at Capitol Hill, and they're being given like rotted, moldy food. I mean, I thought the Pentagon, they can't get these guys some MREs? Like, what's going
5: on? Look, the military is not, no longer a serious organization. And I hate to say that. I mean, 30 years ago right now, I was in Desert Storm. Uh, it had just pretty much ended. The, uh, uh, I was with Seven Corps, which was the greatest military formation in human history. And uh, I, I know what competence looks like. This is a joke. This was, I mean, it, it, they violate every basic rule of leadership. And the thing that galls me is it's not a secret. The generals are five miles away. They could be in their car over there unscrewing this in about ten minutes, and they're not because they don't care because that's not the priority. The priority is all this intersectional baloney that has taken away from the real focus of the military, which would be uh, the ability to deter or defeat enemies. How
1: much? How much of there is that? How much of that is really going on right now with the intersectionality training and all this in in the military? I mean, can you give us a sense of how and where that's actually happening?
5: Uh, That's happening at at, at every level. Um, And a lot of us veterans are getting a lot of feedback from people still in. They're like, Kurt, you don't know how bad this is. This is the entire focus. And the problem is you have, you know, career officers, 14, 15 years. uh, they're, they're, They're looking to make the last few to retire. And suddenly they're faced with this nonsense. Look, soldiers do what the commanders check. And if the commanders are checking boxes, that's what they're going to do. That's what's going to happen. If intersectionality is the and all the you know all this nonsense is the most important thing, that's what the soldiers are going to do. And I, I, I think it's gonna cost lives. And I, it doesn't make me happy to say it, but the, the, the fallout I'm seeing is most of us vets are now not recommending people join the military. This is something, this this is heartbreaking to me. I've 27 years in. I regret uh, not a second of it. I, I think it was a great experience, but I, right now, in good conscience, I don't know if I can tell a young person, you, you should join the military. I won't try and talk them out of it, at least not yet, but... I'm. I, I. I don't think this is a place for somebody who is concerned about their own. I mean, have we reached own, the point
1: uh, where, where even even branches like like the Marine Corps, the fabled Marine Corps, are they are they getting oh, yeah. toxic masculinity yeah. training in the classroom? I mean, sure. is that stuff happening?
5: Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's 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 no safe space. The Special Forces guys are doing. It. You know, when you have the Special Forces guys being briefed on you know extremists, um. That's that's a major problem, and of course, when you say extremist, when you use these kind of nebulous terms, what you're really doing is the political enemies of the people in power. So you know the, the idea that there are tons of secret Nazis, you know, running around in our military is idiotic. But there are a lot of conservative folks; those are the target. Nobody cares about the like one random dude who's got a swastika, uh, you know, on his uh, uh, you know uh, uh, tattooed on his heel. That, that, that one lunatic is not the issue. The issue for them is getting rid of mainstream conservative patriotic Americans and replacing them by people who are in lockstep. And I think we will see the equivalent, they won't call it that, but the equivalent of political officers. And I, I mean, why not? You know, at, at, at every level. And that's that what, is not an exaggeration.
1: That's what got Solzhenitsyn, political officer, when he was on the front fighting for fighting for the Russian people. And they decided to send Solzhenitsyn into the gulag because of some letters that the political officer got word about. And that's all that's all it takes. It's actually one of the great uh, reminders in, in the hunt for uh, the Hunt for Red October, you know, they they kill the political officer. Sean Connery kills the political officer in the movie at the very beginning. and, and everybody's you know like that's we get it because he's he's the equivalent of, of the political hall monitor. And I think that we're turning into a society right now. Where people are are increasingly encouraged to snitch on one another, to to ruin careers, to ruin lives, to ruin reputations, based upon constantly shifting political goalposts uh, that that the left makes up as they go along. Too, I mean, that's the part of this that it, it's it's clear already. No one's actually safe from this, and you know this is why you have that guy you know for the Bachelor. Who just got fired and now he's he's you know what I'm talking I never watched the show but you know whatever his name I'm is a big fan yeah I mean first of all <laughs> the bachelor I've never understood because I understand the concept you got a guy with twenty women fighting over him and they're all talking about their life they're all talking about <laughs> they're all talking about soulmates and I'm sitting here I'm like this is actually not you know, if I were a woman I I don't know I don't understand that but let's get back to Chris Chris Harrison I think his <laughs> name he's meeting with a uh, a, like a racial, I don't know, some kind of racial counselor. That was the story today. And this this doesn't actually this stuff never actually really works. Right. You 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 bend the knee, you beg forgiveness and you're still destroyed. You're still canceled. And now you don't even have your dignity. That's the problem.
5: Well, exactly. Uh, you know, if you're a submissive, you're always going to be a submissive. Gina Carano is more man than most men in this society because she just said "The hell with you. I'm not going to give in. I just don't care, and I think we need a lot more of that. You know, these people are glass jaws, Buck. You punch them, and they fold. Gina Corona doesn't need The Mandalorian or whatever the hell that kid show is. Uh, she's a talent all on her own, and the rest of us need to do the same thing. I mean, uh, look, but, but the funny thing is they usually go for the soft targets like Dr. Seuss, right? You know, Dr. Seuss was a damn communist sympathizer. I mean, he was just a hardcore leftist. And now they're uh, they're trashing him, and I'm, i I just think it's hilarious. But the point is, they will go for the soft targets. They go to they 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 go at uh, other New York Times people because they they can't fight, and the guys can't apologize enough. Uh, we need to be the rock. When somebody comes up to you and say you're racist, sexist, imperialist, you ought to just kind of lift a middle finger and laugh at them. Do something about it. There's a, you know? prescri-
1: a prescription from, sure uh, from from Colonel Kurt. Uh, go check out his latest at townhall.com. Mr. Kurt Schlichter, always a pleasure to have you on, sir. Thank you for joining us today.
5: Thanks a lot, Buck.